0: Bring it in and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome into the Read Option Podcast. Jeff flying solo once again this week. The boys are doing uh, family stuff and traveling. Uh, I got some stuff on my own I'm gonna be doing but wanted to make sure we at least got a pot out, kept our picks going I committed to making sure we had picks every single week. wanted to get something for you guys out there that might be traveling Wednesday, Friday. Uh, just give you something to listen to uh, as as the travel the busiest travel day of a uh, couple of days at least of the year tend to fall the day before and after Thanksgiving. Um, want to start off the show by just saying, thank you to everybody who's listened to the pod. uh we are rolling here doing really well it's been an awesome awesome hundred and now 57 episodes in uh we've got great guests football's been awesome huge thank you to Scotty and Vito for sacrificing their time and I'm just' I'm incredibly thankful and I found myself I love going up to people and people I know whatever and just saying hey happy Thanksgiving there's, there's something, it might sound corny and cheesy for me to say that, but there is something really nice about saying that. And uh, I love it. I love you guys. I love everyone who listens and supports this pod. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. We appreciate you. We're thankful uh, for you guys. And Thanksgiving is also one of the best holidays arguably out there. You eat amazing food. You watch football. You drink beer. You have a great, great time. And I hope everybody has a wonderful, safe, and happy thanksgiving. All right. Uh with all that stuff being said, we have a bunch of games to get into, touch a little bit. Uh obviously we talked about Monday Night Football on uh Tuesday's pod that came out. Um really interesting uh set of uh of games this week. I don't want to say disappointing Thanksgiving slate. Uh depending on how the Giants and Cowboys game goes, that could be interesting. Pats, Vikings, how the Vikings bounce back after the shellacking. Uh, and I think Bills and Lines is just going to be a really entertaining game. The over-under on that game is already at 54.5. So I'm just hoping for a lot of points, a lot of action, and then hopefully at least one of the two of these games ends up being really fun and uh, and entertaining. Before we jump into the preview, however, a quick word from our presenting sponsor, alliance accounting the heart of football season is here the autumn wind is blowing the leaves are turning different colors and while you watch the season's turn you should turn to the team at alliance accounting for all your personal and business tax solutions alliance accounting has all the tools and resources you need to be prepared for any season their dedicated and knowledgeable team will help you prepare for your federal and state tax return while you prepare for your family football game Enjoy your company Thanksgiving potluck while the Alliance team provides you with the bookkeeping you need to maintain your company's financial organization and success. Alliance is here to help you. With tax day just a few months away, you don't want to get caught off guard like your Aunt Linda at Thanksgiving every year. Don't go cold turkey on your personal or business finances to end 2022 and turn over a new leaf this season with Alliance Accounting. Right now, you can get 10% off your first service with Alliance Accounting. Just tell them the Read Option sent you. So, Read Option Podcast listeners, visit the Alliance Accounting website at allianceaccctng.com today or check out their Instagram at alliance underscore accounting. And you can get that 10% off your first service with Alliance Accounting. Alliance Accounting with you every step of the way. All right, let's get into this. I'm very excited for Thanksgiving, food, football, beer, family. It's everything you want. Uh, Let's start off. Bills-Lions, the 1230 kickoff game. Remember, kicks off 1230, not 1 o'clock. A little bit earlier than most uh, Sundays, at least. And uh, this is probably the early, like, other than, like, the the European games. This is about as early as we get. Uh, Perfect time if you're one of the early Thanksgiving eaters, right? I know some people who like eat Thanksgiving dinner at like one o'clock. Uh, I personally, I like that, that two 30 to three 30 kind of window, right? You can kind of figure out whether this game's going to be good or not. Eat your food, lock into the games. I'm excited for this one. Bills lions bills are a nine and a half point favorite in this game. I do expect this game to be really high scoring. Like I said before the over under is at 54 and a half points, huge over-under. And I expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game. Now, the Bills' defense is starting to look better. But even still, we saw the Browns last week be able to move the ball on them a little bit. I I don't think this Bills' defense is as formidable as we once thought it was. So I do think the Lions are going to hang in this game. But the Lions' defense is going to be in some trouble here. The Bills, they can run the ball now. It's a prime time. Well, it's, it's a standalone game. So, we're going to get a lot of uh, attention here. Everyone's watching this game to kick it off. I think the Bills come out hot. I think they have a big, big week. And I think that they cover the nine and a half. It's a big, it's a big line. But I do think that they're able to cover it. Uh, I like Buffalo. I like Josh Allen, the matchup. Uh, the secondary for Detroit, not great. The run defense, not great. Uh, but I do think Detroit's going to put up some points here because, again, I think that Bills defense is starting to get banged up. The secondary's been banged up. The D-line is still awesome for Buffalo, but this complete game, this complete team that we saw early in the season with an elite defense, an elite secondary, that's not quite what we've seen over the last few weeks here with Buffalo as they've been dealing with injuries. So I do think the Lions will be able to move the ball. Uh, I expect this to be a high scoring. I uh, don't know if the overs can hit because that 54 and a half is a lot of points. I think it's the highest over-under total we've had this year, but I like Buffalo minus nine and a half. The 430 game, Giants, Cowboys, same spread. Cowboys nine and a half point favorite. And this seems like an overreaction, right? This this feels like uh, hey, the Cowboys just won by almost 40 points against an eight and one team, right? Well, the Cowboys have to be amazing. The Cowboys are a really good football team. And I said this on the pod on Tuesday. I, I think the Cowboys defense is still really good. I think they're one of the top three or four defenses in the league. I think the offense is going to be able to move the ball. But I do think the Giants are going to do a good job of taking away the run. I think they're going to sell out against the run and make Dak beat them. And we know this Giants defense isn't that great. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be a problem for the Cowboys. And, and I'll say this, too. The one thing that we know the Giants are going to be able to do, and it's the, also the one thing that we know the Cowboys have struggled with defensively, is stop the run. When you line up and just throw Saquon Barkley right up the middle, right at you over and over and over again – He's going to break some tackles. He's going to make plays. I think this game's lower scoring than people think. I think the Giants cover the spread here. I think this is going to be a competitive game. It's a divisional game. The Cowboys on Thanksgiving, they're really hit or miss. Uh, But I think the Giants are going to make Dak be the one that beats them. And, And so far this year, what we've seen is when Dak has to be the one that wins games, the Cowboys offense doesn't look as good as it does when they're able to run the ball. So I think the Giants sell out on the run or sell out to stop the run. Try to slow down this Cowboys offense. Force Dak to make plays. And I think they're going to force a couple turnovers. Keep this game close. I do think the Cowboys win because they are at home. uh, But I think the Giants keep this one close. I think it's a one-score game. So I'm taking the New York Giants to cover the spread against the Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half. And that leaves us with our Thursday night game NBC in Minneapolis, the Patriots and the Vikings. The Vikings have to bounce back right? You can't, like, this is so big for their season. You get absolutely bullied, right? Like, completely destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys last week. After you have your biggest and best win of the year, you have to bounce back in this game. Now, the Patriots defense has been playing lights out. Matthew Judon, we talked about it yesterday. Absolute stud. Dude's getting after the quarterback better than anyone else in football right now. But The Patriots offense can't move. And if there's one weakness, again, for the Patriots, I think if Kirk Cousins can get the ball out in time, get the ball in the hands of guys like Justin Jefferson, uh, K.J. Osborne, Adam Thielen, T.J. Hawkinson hasn't been a lot. They have a lot of weapons on that team. The Patriots, obviously, Judon's great. The secondary is not the strength, but it is Bill Belichick. It is prime time. I feel like the play here is to take the Patriots. (laughs) especially considering that it's a Kirk Cousins primetime game. But if the Vikings are as good as their record says that they are, which again, I, I don't think they're the best eight and two team I've ever seen in the NFL, but I do think they're a pretty good team. I don't, I don't, I didn't fall quite into, because we do this all the time in sports, right? We have, we're such reactionary people. We we're such prisoners of the moment. Right. The Vikings beat the Bills and everyone's like, oh, the Vikings are legitimate. The Vikings are legit. They just won this game. Amazing comeback. And then less than what, seven days later, now we're talking about the Vikings as complete frauds. And yep, we knew it. And and I get it. They got their ass beat bad by the Cowboys. This is a game where it's like, to me, the Vikings are somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're so good as that they're going to beat the Bills. And if they played 10 times, I think they'd beat the Bills probably three times. But they're also nowhere near as bad as the team we saw on Sunday who got absolutely bullied and punked by the Dallas Cowboys. So if that's true, and even though this is a Sunday night primetime Kirk Cousins game, the Vikings should beat the Patriots. And right now as a two and a half point favorite at home. I feel like they're trying to get people to buy in on the Patriots. I think the Vikings win the game. I think they win it by more than a field goal. I like the Minnesota Vikings to bounce back after an embarrassing loss to the New England Patriots. All right, next up starting the Sunday slate Uh, weird games and really hard games to try to pick here. we have got some home dogs, some bad teams that are hosting at home and a couple of spreads that surprised me a little bit. We have Tampa Bay in Cleveland. The bucks are a three and a half point favorite. This is the last Cleveland game before Deshaun Watson comes back. Uh, so we'll see how much effort the Browns put out. I'll say this, even in a game when they're getting their ass kicked by Buffalo last week, they did fight back, right? And they did come back to at least cover the spread. Tampa Bay is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I know that they've put together a few wins in a row. They had the fourth quarter right game against the Rams. Uh, they held on to beat the Seahawks. I don't think the Browns are a particularly good football team, but what they do well is rush the passer. Uh, and the secondary, surprisingly, has actually played all right. Now, if Tampa Bay has somehow found the secret sauce, I mean, it's Tom Brady coming off of a bye. You think, all right, well, you have to take Tampa Bay. I want to take Cleveland here uh, because Cleveland's been this team where they've, they've won a game and then they look really, really bad, right? And then they win a game or they keep a game really close and then they look really bad. I don't know how much gas is left in the tank with, with Jacoby Brissett with this team. It feels like a deflated locker room, but they do have Nick Chubb. Uh, and I do think you can actually run the ball a little bit against this Buccaneers team with Avante David being out with injury. Obviously, Antoine Winfield Jr. being back helps a ton. I'm going to take Tampa Bay minus three and a half. I don't love the pick because I, I, I my gut is telling me that Cleveland is going to win this game. But I think Tampa Bay finds a way to get it done. It's Tom Brady off of a bye, riding momentum. I think they probably sp- they've been in the lab, right? He's got nothing else to do. He's been in the lab trying to figure out a way to, to cook up the best possible, you know, program for the rest of the season, for lack of a better word. And I think Tampa Bay gets it done. I think they win by three and a half. It's a three and a half point spread. I think they win by probably a touchdown, maybe that five to seven range. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Um, next up, Cincinnati at, uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee. Cincinnati is a one and a half point favorite on the road here. Look, I love Cincinnati. I've been very vocal about my love for Joe Burrow on this podcast. I I like what they can do. And I I, admittedly, the offense looked really good last week. But the defense also gave up 30 points to a pretty bad Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And I know Kenny Pickett is getting better each week. Rookie coming in, whatever. Um, George Pickens is great. But you shouldn't be giving up 30 points to the Steelers. That offense is not good enough to do that. The Titans have... I think the best all around defense in the NFL. And they also have tractor Seto who is going to be able to run the ball. Very well. If Najee Harris was able to run the ball well against Cincinnati, Derek Henry is going to run the ball well against Cincinnati. I love Tennessee as a home dog here uh, right now, one and a half point underdog Tennessee is going to win this game. And I think it's going to be by about a touchdown. Um, not to mention a little bit of revenge from the wild card game last year or the divisional game last year, where, uh, Cincinnati won last second, you know, Tennessee remembers that, you know, Vrabel's going to be hammering that into their brains all week. Tennessee wins this game. Plus one and a half as an underdog. That's uh that's my stone cold lead pipe block of the week. hundred uh, percent. Next up Texans dolphins. Uh, Miami's a 13 point favorite here. Massive spread and probably deserving because of how good this offense has been. Now, Uh, The Texans, they're not doing a whole bunch of anything well right now, um, but they have at least been somewhat competitive in some of their games. Do I think they have the capability defensively to slow down this Miami Dolphins offense? No, I do not. I think the Dolphins are going to score a shit ton of points, Uh, but I've said it all year with Miami. I still don't trust the defense. uh, And I do think Damian Pierce is going to be able to run the ball uh, against this Miami's defense because, The one weakness, again, I mean, there's a few weaknesses on that Dolphins defense. It's more just the inconsistency that frustrates me with them. But they can get after the passer. I don't know how well they can stop the run. They're not a particularly good run-stopping team. I like Miami to score a lot of points in this game. The over-under is at 46. I flirted with the idea of making this my over, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to take Miami to cover the 13, which seems crazy, uh, and and typically in the NFL, you see that many points. You say nope, take the points, right? Always take the points. They're pros; they get paid too, all the cliche bullshit. But I'm taking the Dolphins to win in a route. They're coming off a bye; they're going to be rested. Uh, and of course, Miami's going to end up, you know, being leading this game in like the third quarter. And I'm going to look like an idiot, but that's what happens a lot. Moving on, Chicago. Sweet home Chicago, going to the New York Jets. The Jets are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Sala came out this week and said that they are considering a change of quarterback. If Zach Wilson's going to get his shit together, it's got to be this game. The Bears' defense is not great. Uh, The Jets' defense obviously is really good. The rest of the roster is really good. But after what we saw against the the Patriots last week, like this is going to be night and day in terms of the defense that they're going to be seeing. The Jets have to win this game. Uh, and but four and a half is a lot I, I my gut feelings I think this is going to be a close game uh, I think Justin Fields is going to make a couple mistake that's going to end up costing them but I think it comes down to a kick at the end Uh, and four and a half is, is a weird spread Uh, and we're going to talk about that again here with the next game but four and a half points is a weird spread I like Chicago I'm going to ride to Chicago uh, until Justin Fields starts to implode I like what they're doing. And when you have a really, really good defensive team, one of the things that can break that is a scrambling mobile quarterback, right? When everything, when shit hits the fan and every single option is burnt out, you still have Justin Fields and the creativity and the athleticism and the explosiveness that he can have just with the ball in his hands. So I expect this to be a big Justin Fields scrambling around, running around like a chicken with his head cut off, finding ways to just move the ball, pick up the chains, Uh, I don't think he's going to throw the ball particularly well. Uh, And I'll I'll say this too. I think, you know, I I like Devin or not Devin. I like David Montgomery, uh, Khalil Herbert, those guys out of the backfield. have been really good this year. I think the bears are going to keep this one closer than people think I'm taking the bears to cover the four and a half. I still think the jets might end up winning this game, but I think no matter what, this comes down to a field goal. I like Chicago plus four and a half. Next up here, Falcons commanders. This, weirdly enough, could impact whoever gets that seven seed. If the Falcons win, they're six and six and right in it. If the Commanders win, they're seven and five, right? And Washington right now, four and a half point favorite. We have yet to see the Heineke collapse game yet, right? The classic Heineke where he throws a lot of interceptions. And credit to him. He's done a really good job of taking care of the football. In the four games he starts, the only really bad like Heineke pick was the one against the Eagles on Monday night where he just threw it up. And, uh, and Gardner-Johnson went over and picked it off in the back half. Um, other than that, he's done a really good job, and they're not asking him to do a whole lot. They're running the ball well. The Falcons' defense, not great, but weirdly enough, these two teams kind of operate under the same formula. Uh, I love the Falcons with Cordero Patterson back. I think he's a huge game-changer for that team, and I really kind of want to take the Falcons' four-and-a-half uh, on the road here, four and a half is a weird line. The Commanders would have to win by five to cover. That seems like too much because I do think this game is going to be close. And I think if Heineke makes one or two mistakes, it's a one o'clock game. It's going to get kind of buried. It feels like this is going to be the time that Heineke kind of implodes a little bit. Not a ton, just a little bit. Maybe makes one or two mistakes. I'm going to take Atlanta four and a half points underdog on the road in DC. Uh, I like the Falcons. But to me, it's a coin flip on who wins this money line wise. Uh, I, I, I do understand why the commanders are favored, but uh, I think the, I think the Falcons cover. It. I think it's going to be close. Uh, next up, the nobody cares game of the week. Broncos, Panthers, the return of Sam Darnold, who is going to be starting this week for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Broncos are a two and a half point favorite here on the road. And I'm just straight up. I'm taking the home dog. Uh, the Panthers, I, it's not because I believe in Sam Darnold. Uh, it, it's not for any reason other than the Panthers defense is really, really good. The Broncos defense is really good, but this Broncos offense is just abysmal. It's just awful. And the Panthers would do a really good job at forcing turnovers, getting the ball out, um, and, and finding ways to impact games. They're running the ball pretty well, which is again, like one of the few things you can kind of do against this Broncos team is if you kind of run it right at them, you might have some chances, you know, Sam Darnold's probably going to make a couple mistakes, but Russell Wilson has not been good. I don't like the fact that Denver's favored on the road. I think the Panthers have shown a lot of fight. I think they like Steve Wilkes, uh, And I don't know if Steve Wilkes is going to be in the running for the head coaching job. But I will say that he's gotten that team pretty fired up and, and eager and ready to play each week that he's been interim. I like the Panthers, plus two and a half at home. Uh, again, it's a weird, weird line. But what I respect about them, man, like they just played Baltimore. They should have lost that game by 20. And instead, they fight to the very bitter end of 3-3 game going into the fourth quarter. The Panthers hung around. The offense couldn't do shit, but they hung around and did what they had to do. And, and get the defense gave them a chance against a much better offense. The Broncos banged up on offense. Uh, the defense is still good, but I'm not worried about the Panthers throwing the ball in this game. Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, they're going to get a ton of touches. Somehow, some way, whether it's a pick six or a fumble or something, I think the Panthers find a way to win this game. Uh, and I'm going to take the Panthers plus two and a half as the underdog. Uh, next up, Baltimore and Jacksonville. Ravens four, and a half, four point favorite on the road. I keep saying this every week about this fucking Ravens team. When are they going to have their blowout game? When are they going to have the game where they win by a ton? I don't think it's this game because I don't know if this team is capable of doing that. I know Lamar's numbers look really, really good, but you can't tell me when you watch that team that something doesn't feel off. Something feels weird about that Panthers team, about this Ravens team. Lamar's running for like career highs on on per carry, but it's not the same dynamic, explosive plays. Mark Andrews has been good, but there's no one else they trust to catch the football on that team. The only other guy who who has shown flashes of it was Isaiah Likely, who's also a tight end. So unless they're gonna be running that, you know, twenty-two personnel or that 12th personnel over and over again, where you have two tight ends, which I know Baltimore did a lot of that early on in Lamar's career. But you got to get some explosive plays from somewhere. And we know this Jacksonville team, they're, they fight hard. I mean, they have a lot of talent. They're coming off the bye. It's young talent, so it's unproven. But I like that defense. The defense is young and hungry, and they jump after guys. I think Devin Lloyd is a great – Linebacker to have when you're going up against ball uh, against Lamar Jackson. He's fast. He's crazy athletic. He's got a nose for the ball. I think it's actually going to help Jacksonville keep this one close. But the fact that it's only a four point spread, I do think the Ravens should be a seven point touchdown favorite on uh, on a neutral field, which makes sense, right? Uh, why this game's in Jacksonville? They're a four point favorite on the road. I think the line is spot on. I think Baltimore wins the game by a touchdown in Jacksonville. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens to cover. I'm just waiting for that game. I'm waiting for the game where Baltimore finally breaks it open. The defense has been really good. I really like, I mean, Roquan Smith's been amazing. Patrick Queen, that's arguably the best linebacker room now in football, at least on the interior interior linebacker position. They have good edge rushers. The secondary's not great. Uh, Kyle Hamilton's been really good as a rookie safety out of Notre Dame. We will see more and more how legit this Ravens defense is. But like I talked about yesterday, we we won't get to see a true test of this Baltimore team for a while. This Baltimore team doesn't have any heavy hitters left on their schedule. So they have to start beating bad teams more convincingly for me to buy into them as a potential Super Bowl contender, which right now they're in first place in the AFC North. You have Cincinnati playing Tennessee, and then they have to play Kansas City. They're playing two first team, first place teams back to back. Baltimore should win this division and they should win it comfortably, but they have to put teams like Jacksonville, like they had with Carolina last week. They have to put those teams away. Like they have to beat them and beat them soundly. I'm curious. I'm excited to see if Baltimore can do that against Jacksonville, but I do like them minus four on the road against Jacksonville. All right, next up, four o'clock window. We have four games in the four o'clock window this week. First off chargers at Cardinals, the chargers are a four and a half point favorite. Uh, and the Cardinals are seemingly falling apart at the seams. Deandre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, it seems like everything is and, and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. It just feels like it feels like an awkward Thanksgiving dinner. Honestly, that is what the the dynamic of the Arizona Cardinals feels like. It feels like an awkward Thanksgiving dinner where there's shit that somebody said, You know, last time we saw each other was the last family gathering, and maybe somebody got a little too drunk and said something they shouldn't. It just, it's bad vibes all the way around. They have no consistent running game. Uh, Kyler Murray continues to uh, deviate from the plan. I know they had back-to-back weeks of Colt McCoy, so you hope you at least get Kyler Murray back here. But this offense looked better with Colt McCoy than it did with Kyler Murray, which says a lot given how talented of an athlete that Kyler Murray is. The Chargers are actually playing really good football, and they've had a couple of tough weeks in a row where they've been so close. This is one that they should win, and they should win comfortably. They're a a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I just don't see any confidence in this Arizona team. The defense hasn't looked great. They just got absolutely gashed on Monday night by San Francisco. The Chargers are going to take some of that stuff. Uh, I think Justin Herbert is playing the best football of his career, given everything around him. Uh, Keenan Allen's back for them. Mike Williams was back. He leaves the game on Monday night, so uh, it's going to be Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Which and Josh Palmer's really nice too. He's he's a great pickup, Uh, a great fantasy option. He's putting up some big numbers over the last three weeks, and even last week after Mike Williams went out, Josh Palmer stepped right up. And then it was Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer. I like that combination. I like the Chargers. I, I know four and a half on the road seems like a lot, but. Remember, this Cardinals team is terrible at home. They're one in five at home on the season. The Chargers are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it comfortably. I like the Chargers minus four and a half on the road. Raiders and Seahawks. Seahawks, three and a half point favor coming off the bye. The Raiders coming off their first and bi- or their third, but biggest win by far, win of the season. Uh, right now, Seattle three-and-a-half-point favorite, over-unders at 47-and-a-half. I like Seattle a lot, and the thing is, too, is they're going to come into this game with the ability to run the football. They're going to come in with Kenneth Walker and jam it down their throats. They get another week of rest. Everybody's going to be healthy. Geno's coming back. They fought back in that game in Germany against Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago. They're rested. Their internal clocks are reset. Uh, I I love Seattle in this game, over-unders at 47-and-a-half. I thought about taking it as the over-under, I don't think the Raiders' offense is going to be able to do much at all. Now, look, Devontae Adams, is he's got two rookie cornerbacks on the other side of him, right? So immediately you think, all right, well, that should mean that Devontae Adams has has a big day. But Derek Carr and them, other than the miscue on on the overtime throw to Devontae Adams, like Devontae Adams has gotten his, but there's no one else on that offense that's really scaring you right now. I love Seattle here. Seattle minus three and a half. Ride with it. Uh, Next up here. Rams, Chiefs, Uh, it's crazy. This game at the start of the season looked like it was going to be amazing. Instead, Kansas City, 14.5 point favorite. Wow, a lot of points. Uh, It does look like we're going to get Wofford again this week as uh, Stafford's been dealing with injuries. I really don't want to take Kansas City because that's a shitload of points, but this Rams team is completely falling apart. Uh, The Rams' defense is still really good, but you can tell Ramsey's upset. You can tell Donald's upset. It's kind of a three-man defense, and the three at each level, Donald, uh, Bobby Wagner, and then Jalen Ramsey, have kept them in as a top-ten defense, but the Chiefs are operating at at another level right now. No Kadarius, Tony, it looks like, which is going to hurt, but Travis Kelsey is going to be a matchup problem for them because you can't just stick. Uh, jalen ramsey on travis kelsey the whole game and expect that to work 14 and a half is a lot i'm not gonna take kansas city for 14 and a half points that's too many points uh i am gonna take the Rams. oh god i can't take the rams i just don't know how the rams are gonna score you know uh unless the only way is that the defense keeps it close and the rams somehow get a turnover a pick six or something um that's just so many points. I'm, I'm going to take Kansas City. Um, no, no, I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. Because the for as good as Kansas City is, they haven't beaten teams by a shitload of points much this year. Uh, they covered the game against Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago, but that was pretty much it. I'm taking Kansas City, minus 14 and a half. Uh, all right, next up, last of the four o'clock window games, we have Saints Niners. Niners are nine and a half point favorite and the over under set at 43. This is my prop bet of the week, hammering the over on 43. The Saints have actually been able to move the ball better than people expected. Right. Their points per game. I, I got to pull it up there. I had it written down. Um, the offense has been better than I think people people might realize. Uh, they're averaging 22.6 points per game. Right. And their defense hasn't been all that good. But 22.6 points per game, and you just look at the the point totals over the last couple of weeks. I mean, yes, they had the bad loss against Pittsburgh, um, but 27 points against the Rams, 24 against the Raiders, 34 against the Cardinals, 26 against Cincinnati, 32 against Seattle, 25 against Minnesota, 26 against Atlanta. This team can put up some points, and I'll say this too. I'm definitely riding with the Niners because I think the the Niners are going to win big here. This offense is playing another level, uh, and I think something got unlocked in this team, and I think the Niners are going to be able to move the ball comfortably, easily. They're going to put up a lot of points, Um, but I think the Saints are going to score a little bit here too. I think if they get to 14 points, right, I feel pretty confident at that point that the Niners are going to be able to score enough to not only cover the spread, but to hit the over. So I'm taking San Francisco... Minus nine and a half, uh, but then I'm also going to add on top the over 43. I like that line. I like that number, uh, and we're rolling with the Niners. Uh, Sunday Night Football, Green Bay at Philadelphia. The unveiling of the all-black uniforms with the black helmets. The Eagles are minus seven. Look, I know this as an Eagles fan. When the Eagles break out, the all-blacks for the first time, it's national game. Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. The link is going to be on fire this game is the season like the the clinching game for us right now this is the one that if you're an Eagles fan you need to see the Eagles not just win but win big they have to come out and dominate Green Bay and I think they are going to do that they have the juice for the all blacks it's going to be Sunday night National TV, Jalen is going to play really well. I'm not worried about this Packers defense. I'm a little worried about Aaron Rodgers just going vintage Aaron Rodgers. I feel like they figured out something in the run defense there. They did a great job defending it. So whatever blueprint that the Colts used off of the game against Washington from two nights ago, this is an opportunity two weeks removed from losing at home on Monday night on national TV for the Eagles to resurrect that, to rectify that, sorry, and to come out with a big big win, a dominant win, retake your claim as the clear cut best team in the NFC, beat the Packers by 30. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think they win by a couple touchdowns. Eagles minus 7, done, count it. The All Blacks are just it's going to be they're so hard to beat when they wear the All Blacks. And I, it's so weird, but I wish the I wish I had the career record since the All Blacks have been introduced cuz the Eagles rarely lose. Um, it's happened. It has happened. So it's not completely out of the question, but the Eagles are a, a good football team and the offense is going to get right against green Bay. I love Philly minus seven. All right. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis, Monday night football An ugly, ugly Monday night football game here. Jeff Saturday, two great performances so far from him, obviously the win against the Raiders a couple weeks ago, and then the almost win against Philly last week. Uh, They are now a two and a half point favorite at home against the Steelers. Now the Steelers offense is looking pretty good. And I'll I'll say this, TJ Watt makes a huge difference in that game. The Eagles defensive line struggled at certain points, but got it going in the second half to start to get after Matt Ryan. Uh, I think TJ Watt and Cam Hayward are going to play really well in this game. And I think Kenny Pickett has slowly but surely starting to kind of look like, you know what, this guy might be around for a while. He's athletic. He's making good throws. He's making good decisions. He's had a bunch of turnovers. He's a rookie quarterback. It's going to happen. But at some point, I'm curious if this high energy Colts stuff, we saw what they looked like after a win. How did it look like after, how does it look after a loss Monday night football? I like the Steelers here plus two and a half on the road. I think they are. I think they're a good team. I'm I'm in, Uh, at least they're a good defensive team Uh, and the rookie quarterback, Rookie wide receiver, obviously you still have Deontay Johnson there and Najee Harris. They have some weapons. And the offensive line for Pittsburgh has actually held up better than I think people thought. Again, 30 points against that Colts team uh, or against that Bengals defense last week. I I think the Colts and Bengals defense is about the same. The Colts might actually statistically be a little bit worse. So I think the Steelers are going to come out and, and actually show some people something. It's a big stage for a rookie quarterback to try to make his mark as long as he doesn't try to do too much. I think the Steelers come away with a win. I like the Stillers. Uh, and we will wrap up the show with uh I we have four games to pick, huge weekend in college football. Uh, the matchups themselves, obviously, there's the one marquee, number two versus number three, Ohio State, Michigan. That game is going to be wild. Uh, but then there's some other interesting games to keep your eye on. Uh, we're gonna start with Iowa State and TCU. Now, You look at Iowa State's record, they're four and six. You think, why is this considered a a marquee game? The reason it is is because TCU has seven loss – or has all six losses has been one possession, uh, and I believe seven of their games already this year have been decided by one possession. Um, Iowa State's not a bad football team, and they're not as bad as their record suggests. And Matt Campbell's a really good coach, and this is an opportunity for an Iowa State team to come in – and win a game to potentially ruin TCU's entire season. I don't think TCU is going to lose this game. They're a 10-point favorite, but I think Iowa State's going to keep it close, especially after the dramatics of last week. That game against Baylor was insane. I think Iowa State's going to keep this one close. I'm taking Iowa State, the Cyclones, to cover the 10 points. It's a big spread. I like TCU to win the game but I think it's going to be by like a touchdown. I think Max Duggan makes a big play at the end of the season. Uh, next up we have Oregon at Oregon state. Now look, this isn't really have college football playoff implications. It's just a fun game because Oregon state's actually a pretty good team this year. They're sitting at eight and three right now. They are a three point underdog at home against Oregon. Oregon loses to Washington and then comes back and has a big win against Utah. I have no idea what to expect out of this. This is, I believe this is the civil war. They call this one, Oregon and Oregon state. Um, I'm going to take the Beavers, which I, I just don't, I don't know, man. I love, I love John Smith, uh, their head coach. Uh, he's a really, he's done a really good job of that program. And that's a hard program to win at. And he's done really well. Um, Three point underdog at home. That's a crazy place to play. It's like one of the more sneaky, like underrated, like you don't realize how crazy it gets there. Um, I think Oregon State's going to make shock the world because Oregon hasn't looked great in in two straight weeks. Granted, against good teams, but they're playing another one and another team in the top 25, uh, number 21, Oregon State. I like the Beavers to win that game outright, taking the points plus three. Uh, The two games that do have potential college football playoff impacts, Notre Dame, after their horrendous start to the season, sneakily up to the 16th ranked team in the country. Uh, They are 8-3, and and they're going to USC, the Coliseum, to take on, uh, I believe, number five-ranked USC, who Caleb Williams is the best player in the country. Um, Him and Bryce Young. I mean, you can go tit for tat, but, like, Caleb Williams is electric, and he's amazing. USC is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a big win for This would be a big win for them. They have to win this game, and then they have to win the Pac-12 championship, and then we can talk about, USC being a legitimate like if they win those two games and Michigan loses and you have an undefeated Ohio State undefeated Georgia undefeated TCU or even a one loss conference champion TCU and then you have USC and maybe a one loss Clemson team I at that point it's almost impossible to keep you USC out of the playoff if that were to happen your top four teams would be Georgia Ohio State. Uh, TCU and USC. Best player in the country right now. Dynamic offense. The defense is playing better. It's going to be a tough task going against this Notre Dame team because Marcus Freeman has them playing really good football. They just beat the living shit out of Boston College last week, Uh, albeit that game was in the snow. Five and a half seems like a lot. I think this is going to be a really close game. I think USC edges it out, but I'm going to take the Irish to cover the five and a half on the road. Um, It's warmer out there. They're going to be able to play in a little bit more comfortable weather. It's not going to be quite the element battle that we saw last week. I mean, how's that for Notre Dame? You just play in a snow game one week and the next week you're playing in sunny Southern California. Uh, But I like Notre Dame to cover. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, And again, I think USC wins it and I think USC is going to end up making the playoff. Uh, I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 and I do think they're one of the top four teams in the country right now. Uh, And then that leaves us off with the game of the week, Michigan at Ohio state, number two versus number three, Ohio state minus seven and a half. I think it's supposed to be like forties, fifties rain, not super great weather. Um, I really would like to see Michigan win, but I'll tell you what, Ohio state's the significantly better football team. And they both had scares last week, one against Maryland, one against Illinois. Um, I don't think Michigan has the offense. Ohio state's going to go down and score a touchdown or two early. And with Blake Corum being banged up, who's the best running back in college football uh, and uh, one of them, and is at least in conversation for the Heisman, he was in a walking boot this week. Even if he plays, he's not going to be a hundred percent. They're not going to be able to play bully ball, keep the ball away from Ohio state. Like they did last year in the snow. Uh, This is in the horseshoe. This is going to be a much, much more difficult place for uh, Michigan to play. And, If J.J. McCarthy – if it turns into a game where they have to score points and they have to spread it out and throw it, J.J. McCarthy is not good enough to do that. Like, they were able to get back in that game against Illinois because the defense kept them in it, and they could still play that slow, run the ball, kick a field goal kind of game, and they eked it out at the very end. They're not going to be able to do that against Ohio State, and I know that Ohio State is banged up at wide receiver, but they still have so many legit guys – Ohio State's going to win this game. I think they're going to win it pretty big. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I think we go back to the Michigan letdown against Ohio State that we've seen for several years in a row now. I'm taking the Buckeyes to win uh, comfortably. They're going to cover the seven-and-a-half. And And, uh, it'll be the same old story. Georgia and Ohio State are the two best teams in college football. I still believe that. Uh, And this is going to be the thing that knocks Michigan out. Because even with one loss, if that's Michigan's only loss, they're out, of, they're out of conference schedule, shit. The Big Ten was bad this year, so they, the only really impressive wins they have is the win against Penn State. There's not a whole lot else on that record. They need to win this game, and I know Jim Harbaugh is going to try to get them fired up, but J.J. McCarthy's not good enough throwing the football. They're going to get behind early, and they're going to struggle to get the ball downfield, uh, and I think Ohio State wins by at least two touchdowns, and uh, it's going to be the same thing, so – Uh, That is all we have for the pod. Everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you again for being a part of this show and listening to us. We love you guys. Thank you to Alliance Accounting. Go check them out. Again, if if you were in the crypto stuff and you have any questions, you want to know more things about that because obviously that's taking the world by storm. It's a huge story right now. Alliance, they got you covered. So go check them out. Hit up our friend Omar. Tell them we sent you. Happy Thanksgiving. We love you guys. We will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the food the football the family the beer all that good stuff and we will talk to you all next week take it easy everybody